Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. Hello, everybody. My name is Danny Palumbo. With me is James Austin Johnson. Hi. And you have stumbled into the Macaroni Zone, the podcast that feels like the chef sent out something a little extra, a little something special. You know when the chef sends out something a little special? You know what that signals to me? And this has happened before. I'm sitting at a restaurant. They either know I'm writing about the place or yeah. I know the chef. Mm-hmm. And I You're order, very important. You're and very I, important, man. And I order. I have friends in the biz, and I, I order food, and then they send something else out. That mm-hmm. That is saying, hey, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You ordered wrong. That's yeah. happened a few times. And uh, they were right. You think you think that's the that's the intent behind it? Uh, softly, not not as aggressive, but you know, I went to uh, the restaurant I talk about a lot, Daidue in Austin, Texas, and I sat down with friends, and I was like, "We need to order everything on the menu." And they were like, "I want a burger," and I was like, "I get it. I can't force you into eating a charcuterie board of game meat." So we all ordered, <laughs> we all ordered, and yeah. then Jesse, the chef who wasn't there, called in and uh, had them send out. Uh, wild boar confit. Yeah. And uh, it's made with non-prick and uh, lots of chopped vegetables and thinly sliced carrots and this beautiful, aromatic, funky game dish that was so good. And uh, I feel like that that was his way of saying, like, you didn't order that? Like, the, yeah. you, ha- you have to order that if you're right. here to get a sense of, like, yeah. You're a, you're a food writer, Danny. Yeah. And uh, I've always said this, Danny. You're a food writer and not a comedian. <laughs> you're not a very good comedian. And you're an excellent food writer. This is true. You are such a talented food writer, Danny. Thanks, man. Um, comedian. Um, so... <laughs> So as a food writer, I guess you are developing these relationships where uh, you're, you are talking to uh, chef. You're talking to chef. I, I, I don't say the chef. I say chef. You say chef. And because <laughs> when I've been with you, they say this is a gift from the kitchen. This is coming from the kitchen. That happened, now, when, that happened recently. Well, yeah. this, happens, this yeah. happens with my wife, too, because she worked in hospitality at some like swanky yeah. restaurants uh, in Nashville and Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, she would get gifts from the kitchen because she had friends in the kitchen. Not necessarily right. the executive, but the you know the guys in there, the, the cooks. The, the boys. The boys. Hey, this is courtesy of the boys. Oh, man. I love getting something from the kitchen. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I had a whole meal. That was after hours. We went to Becca's old job. I don't think the place is, is there anymore, but Michelle Branch and Reese Witherspoon loved it. La Celle. It was a French uh, French coastal French kind of thing. It was like I, seafood. I, yeah. France. France. La Celle. The salt. And uh, right? Is that the salt? Cell? Cell? Like Fleur de Cell. And um, uh, uh, they brought us like so many dishes and none of them were on the menu. It was all like. Why did stu- they do that again? This was Becca used to work there. Becca was the, was the front of house girl there That's for what I'm so saying. long, and there's, she knew every single person who worked at LaSalle. And they there's no better, there's no better feeling than I mean, it makes you look important. The kitchen, like sending you when shit. we were at Daidue, my friends were like, they couldn't believe, it. and the chef was you know Jesse had said something like, he's a big fan of your uh, fake restaurant website. Something I did in like 2015. Oh, and, fun! And he was, and I was like, oh, that's such a night. And then, I and then they say, and they say, it, they say it in front of your friends, and all your friends have no choice but oh. to be like, "Wow, he's like cool." Yeah, they have to. I Sometimes mean, I'm, your I'm a friends big... don't respect you. Sometimes your <laughs> friend, like like me earlier on this podcast, buddy. Sometimes it's your don't friends who it. least respect you. I think that there is. I mean, I'm a big, and I, I have no shame in saying this. I'm a big believer in doing things because they seem fucking cool. I mean, I feel like that's what that's what cooking is. That's why I used to smoke cigarettes. You heard Dave Chappelle's uh, uh, comment, uh, anecdote about Kanye West, and you were like, "No, what, what did he say?" 
the it, it, Kanye was wanting to be in the editing bay. This is like before super famous Kanye wanted to be in the editing bay at, at Chappelle's show. And Chappelle yeah. was showing him some new sketches that weren't on TV yet. Kanye gets a call. And he's like, I'm at Chappelle's show. And then there's like a pause. And he's like, I'm watching them edit. I'm watching shit nobody's seen before. And then it's like really long pause. And then he said, because my life is dope and I do dope shit. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That cigarettes is... cigarettes is, is an effort to... You're right. Cigarettes is an effort to tell people that you're cool. We all want to for everyone else. We all want to feel like we're privy to something that other people aren't. Yeah, and that's what the chef bringing over extra food is. I mean, there's there's no getting around it. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful it, feeling. anything that makes you smoking it, cigarettes is not a good feeling. No. And this is, but this is what, next time I ever, if I'm ever smoking a cigarette ever again, which God forbid, if I'm ever smoking a cigarette no. again, and uh, someone's like, mm, cigarettes," which is a thing we say when we're all smoking in a circle, uh, I'll go. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for your perception of me, pal. This is killing me. This is me. for you. Uh, can I tell you something sure. uh, funny? I did. I uh, I quit smoking a few times. Yeah. But the first time, I quickly realized it was fun to like quit immediately, and even though you're struggling with it. Just start talking a ton of shit and meet, like showing up to a group of people smoking and being like, oh, oh are you guys still doing that? And they're Here's like, the you thing. quit smoking for 24 hours, motherfucker. I know, yeah. But I would do that. Yeah. And it was very fun. And I remember after like a month, I'm talking to one of my friends in Austin. Yeah. He's smoking Camel Crushes. And I go, man, can I have a cigarette? And he was like, God, he's like, I don't, I don't want to be your first one back. And I kept yeah. bugging him. I was like, dude, it's fine. And he goes, ugh. All right, fine. And he gives me a cigarette. As soon as he gives it to me, I rip it in half. And he goes, <laughs> why would you do that? And I was like, why would you give me a cigarette? Yeah. I love testing yeah, people that's, and then flipping really it on them, which is like, you failed the test. That's You're really not funny. supposed to do that. Well, it is it is an incredible feeling getting rid of that. It It's like you conquered yeah. hunger or thirst or something. It's like a thing your body's not supposed to yeah. do. You added a new activity for your body to yeah. need. Um, it I, is the dumbest uh, it's one of the dumbest things. That it we is, do? Yes. It is the worst trade-off. It's the shittiest yes. high for the greatest consequences. It, you get to look cool in your 20s. Yeah. I, I don't regret it. I'm glad I'm out. But mm. I have nothing but fond memories of like pretty much eating nothing. I didn't really appreciate food much, even though I was working in kitchens in my 20s. Uh, Probably because you had destroyed your palate by smoking cigarettes all the time where you couldn't smell or yeah. taste anything. Yes. I was yeah. only drinking and smoking cigarettes, and I still maintain mm. that I looked pretty fucking cool. It does look cool. It does look cool to smoke cigarettes all night because you're still in your your 20s and beer is still yucky. Right. You're like you're you're still trying to enjoy the things that do have flavor, yeah. that do have nutrition that are fun to put in your body, make you feel good the way that alcohol yeah. does and uh, quite dangerously as well. But, but it, it's better, better. And, uh, uh, but, but when you're younger, you can't appreciate uh, wine. You can't appreciate good uh, liquor. Like you, you yeah. just can't appreciate any of those yeah, things. I mean, the cigarettes help yes. in deadening all the sensations of if things. If you're so you 19 years it. old and you have an appreciation for wine, you're a dick. All these yeah. kids on like MasterChef Junior, yeah. that like they know what truffles are. That's not a likable quality no, it's in, not. in a child. No, it's not. And kids aren't supposed to know about truffles yet. They aren't. They but aren't. But yet Marco Pierre White is showing them how to shave truffles on MasterChef Junior. And I, I think they're, it's creating a bunch of monsters. Hey, let me ask you a question. So food a is- A bunch of monsters? A bunch of there's a, monsters. There's a significant portion of the population who has been on MasterChef <laughs> Junior. You've, you've talked to one at least once yeah. today. That's true. Yeah. Showing up to lunch. <laughs> like, Marco Pierre White showed me how to make risotto. Welcome to the new normal. I'm now I'm a <laughs> I'm a Fox News correspondent talking about kids oh, who yeah. learn from Marco Pierre White how to shave trussle are invading your kids' classrooms. <laughs> yeah. Teaching them to cut on the bias. It's a valuable skill. It is. It, it, it makes you, an attractive slice. Do you uh, yeah, do you ever cut on the bias or uh usually don't. i'm a home cook i don't often cook for dinner but we have we yeah. have dreams of being dinner party people but you only get in california you really only get to be a dinner party dinner party person you if dinny. you own land I, yeah dinny dinny yeah. parties want to have, have a little dinny party we're only gonna have dinner parties i miss you need to you need to own a patio how are you gonna host patio. 12 people in here in this fucking I mean, or you I have, could. or you have Steph Tolov's apartment in Little Armenia, which is very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Or you have a million old area. men who are in love with you, who you swindle <laughs> into giving you room. Hey, why isn't eating a sandwich 
so cigarettes look cool, right? Food is, coo- food is cool. Food is cool. Food is cool. Why doesn't it look cool? Why is there no food that's like that's pretty fucking cool that that guy's eating it right now? There is there isn't there one. There isn't right? a cool food, and it's embarrassing to uh, look at food. It's why our big group meals are typically with family, like people who you are used oh, they, to being embarrassed around. Yeah, they know your shame. They know your shame, and so they you. Know, that's right. I guess uh, it is deeply intimate in that way. That's why things. first dates are so like. Oh, you know. Well, they, they, that's not a first date anymore. Dinner is not a first date. It anymore. is to me, pal. I, well, you know, it used to be. We're uh, millennials, which means we're we're getting closer and closer. I to believe 40. in holding the door open to a lady for a lady. Yeah, I understand. But I'm just saying that it's like we're a little bit more mature than the people uh, than the kids going on first dates these days. Yeah. They don't do dinner on first dates. That right. is too much, too soon. For the same reason that they don't answer phone calls because that's like yeah. too intimate. Um, which seems insane. I was always a dinner first date person, and I had to force myself to be coffee, day coffee, second date dinner. Can't do coffee as a date because it's too early. I hate it. Drinks is nice. I, I want to see. I, 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 I want to see everybody in the dark. And not only that, I want to be seen in the dark. Uh, bar. I want to be seen. That's what I'm saying. I, uh, I, I like. I've gotten uh, a joke, but a nice, let's say, a nice chick restaurant, something. You know, modern a chick restaurant. Chick, chic. What are you? Chic. Chic. Oh, what did I chic. say? Chic. Chic. Okay. Restaurant. Okay. Well, chic makes it sound like it's spelled with a an chick S. restaurant. What like yeah. lemonade? I'm trying to think of like where do ladies like to one go? of these uh, chick <laughs> restaurants. One of, the, one of these restaurants for broads. That's not what I said. Uh, but a nice, like, fashionable, chic restaurant that has like. You know, dim lighting. Maybe the maybe the sound. Maybe like the the music playing is like you know, like what some sort of Mediterranean like, not funk, but like electronica type of like beat music, like yeah. sort of like sassy like Colombian like beats or something. Yeah. Like a lot of bistros play stuff like that. I can meet at restaurants like that. Have bistros. a drink. Have a bistros. Have a drink. Uh, have a drink at the bar, and then go get like small plates. That's great to me because it's like it's pretty much like a bar anyway. Mm. But with like small plates. Oh man! Every every time I I've been with my wife for six years or something like that at this yeah. point, and I, God, is it really? It hasn't been that long. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, I'm getting close to five years, and um, uh, so I haven't been out on a first date in a long time, but I remember, but biting off too much too early. Like first date for many many of the dates were dinner, sitting across from each other at a table. Which is Which, very intimidating. It's it's intimidating. I'm very extroverted, so it's not. It doesn't phase me at all. Because I'm because I'm, I'm ready to jump right in and be like, well, I'm restaurant autistic, so that's where I feel at home. I'm like, this is a place where I know things. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I feel comfortable there. Right. Even though the setting, we can agree, is rather uncomfortable. I suppose. I mean, that uh, I don't know. dining room supposed to be designed to be comfortable. Sitting right across from somebody sometimes. I think a high bar stool. Infinitely less comfortable than a booth. Sitting on a bar stool is more humanizing. <laughs> Sitting on a bar stool is like we're, we're all pieces of shit, right? It's all on the table. Do you think? Do you, oh, at the bar stool? See, I feel yeah. like the bar yes. stool forces in. If we're speaking heteronormatively, which we're both straight white men. By the way, straight white men can't say anything anymore. Have you seen this in the news? <laughs> Um, I, I was just saying this the other day on my podcast that only where only I get to talk. Um, uh, I feel like often when you're out with a lady, Danny, and you get you're at the mm-hmm. bar stool, she is paying a lot of attention to posture and how to situate herself on the tippy top of that bar stool. Oh, the, oh the, yeah. The back straight, the not leaning yeah. too much, not yes. hunching too much. Yes. The, the the pretension and the artifice of dating. I feel like it's a load off of the lady to get her in a in a lower to the ground chair. Are you worried? I, I mean, I've been worried about this as a man too. When I sit in a bar stool, and then like if I'm with my friends and we're sitting at a bar stool, I'm hunched over, practically napping, like it's study hall, mm-hmm. drinking a beer. Like my posture is horrible. Yeah. But if a woman is sitting with me, I mean, I I, I like I perk the fuck well naturally. Up. I, you do. I sit like I've never have sat before in a bar stool. Naturally, just to you appear do. like I'm not like yeah. a, a a slob. Yeah. But also, artifice, sure, but like, you know, that's probably how you're supposed to fucking sit in the first place. And then one day you'll get married to a woman, Danny, and all of that will go away, <laughs> and you'll be napping in public like a Japanese businessman very soon. You'll be asleep like a Sarariman on the, on the subway. I hope so, pal. 
Yeah, you'll you you won't care where you are. You'll just like conk out. Um, I I love going to bars with my wife. She specifically loves beer, which is cool. That's like what you want, right? That's what uh, uh, rom coms tell you you want is the lady yes. who enjoys beer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she's pregnant now, and and she we we go out. I I'm still drinking sometimes, and she just, just the daggers staring daggers at me when because you're drinking because i'm drinking and she can smell it and she's pissed that she's not part of the experience Ooh. she's pissed she wants to be a mother That's wants to tough. have a baby excited about everything but i i so i've given yeah. up beer that is her favorite drink i've given up beer i, I don't drink beer R- rarely yeah. do i drink beer now i didn't think about that oh once a month beer now i didn't think about that 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 does have to be so i have to drink it does have to be rough you're wearing a lot of like flowery sh- shirts you have nice sunglasses oh me Yo, yeah, yes you yeah, yeah your fashion just it's summer you're yes, dr- you're dressed like you're dressed like a a, a jolly boy like a a, okay. gi- a, gi- a giggling you know funny white guy and you're drinking and you have nice sunglasses and she's like you know god i want to be that jolly boy right now i'm dressing festively festively i'm wearing my stella mccartney sunglasses yeah. that she got me for my birthday last they're Monday. very nice and uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying myself. I've grown a mustache, you know, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and uh, Killer's accountant. I've said this. Yeah, you before. said that I looked like a Miami Beach uh, yes. a facilitator of, of fentanyl. A hundred percent. You crunch the numbers, pal. I crunch the numbers and I keep two sets of books. You're and, the first uh, domino to fall. They get you first. You rat. <laughs> you get murdered. I mean, should they be worried or gladdened? By my close relationship with the chief of police, should my boss right uh, uh, keep more private security detail on me because I'm keeping the chief of police so close to the vest? Yeah, I mean that's that's what I worry. Well, about. I mean I would ask. When I hit the links. That's I, what I, worry I, I would ask a simple question: uh, Can we fucking trust you, James? You can trust <clears throat> me the same way that you can trust Horace. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 helicopter pilot. Yeah, the the who, least trustworthy name, Horace. Horace. Horace is like a five star helicopter pilot. And by the way, it doesn't get more soundproof than a helicopter. I mean, nobody can hear it. Hear us up in here. <laughs> can I tell you? Uh, I, I had a uh, I had a job interview one time at this restaurant called uh, Lumberdozies and Lombardozies. Lum- Lumberdozies in Pittsburgh. So you can say it Lumberdozies if you want to. Uh, Tony Lombardozzi. The owner of this restaurant, one of the most Italian men I've ever met in my life. When I applied for a job there, he sat me down, and I, I'll never forget. Uh, it wasn't even a question. He he just said, "Just don't don't." What did he say? He said, "Don't lie to me. Just don't lie to me. Don't lie to me." As if I if I give you this job, just be honest with me. And I was like, he had dealt with. First of all, hearing an Italian man named Tony Lombardozzi say this, even though he was a gentle soul, right, threw me for a loop. I mean, I was yeah. 23 years old at the time, and he had dealt with so many drug addicts and gamblers before oh. that he had to throw this out there. And the funny thing was, I was already nervous for that job interview because I was mm. lying from the get-go. I had a job uh, already lined up like two months from now, opening that casino I was telling you about. Oh yeah. But I was like, shit, I'm hired for this good job, but I need to work for two months. Mm. And I was like, I'll just get a job mm. not tell the people that i have something else lined up oh, no. and quit abruptly in two months and then right in the job interview he was like just don't fucking lie to me and i was like uh, yes sir mr tony Lombardozzi, i would never and ended then, up being some of the nicest people i've ever worked for and i felt so bad and you quit on the spot and just quit i didn't quit on the spot i gave my two weeks after like a month month and a half okay and they were very nice okay people well this they were used to it this is also I, have I never told you about Lumberdozies before? No, the guy don't lie to me. I, when I picture him say "Don't lie to me," you're in like a uh, you're in a back exposed brick room, and he's like yeah. carving pig ear. He, he's got a full hog head that he is <laughs> taking slices out to prepare, like you know, some 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 special guanciale. You know, the chef. I I slowly realized why there was an opening at this restaurant. I couldn't have picked a worse place to lie to the people. The chef I was replacing, <clears throat> Tony and Carmelo, like the Sopranos, that's the, the owners of the restaurant. Yeah. There's a picture of them on the wall uh, with Tony eating a big handful of spaghetti at their wedding. It's a beautiful photo. The chef I was replacing was their 35-year-old son who had died of a heart attack no. back in like 2000, back 2009. 35. He died so young. He had a he had kid. He was the chef at the restaurant. 
And so they had an opening, and I was the guy mm. that filled it. Oh, God. And they, like, yeah. And they, like, were treating me. They were, it, like, everybody was grieving at the restaurant. I was like, what the fuck's going on at this place? Uh, a lot of people speaking Italian. Uh, a lot of sad vibes. Do you speak Italian? I, no. No. I, the, only, the only Italian phrase I learned uh, was at this restaurant. One of the old Italian ladies. Uh, shit, what was her name? I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But I remember she would say, uh, Scopa la cugina de butto giù alla scala. And I was like, what? What? And then she would go, uh, sweep the kitchen or I'm going to throw you down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> say it one more time. Uh, Scopa la cugina de butto giù alla scala. I believe that's what she said. Because I was like, this is so funny. I need to write this down and memorize it because I know I'm going to remember it forever. It was one of the funniest things someone ever said to me was, yeah. And it was, and then the way she said it was like, sweep the kitchen. I'm going to throw you down the stairs. And I was like, that's I the think funniest we have, thing I've ever I think heard. we have the title for this episode. Absolutely. Um, uh, that is such a wonderful story. You know, you know, I'm really yeah. into like, uh, uh, this might surprise you, uh, Danny, uh, uh, because I'm not like pretentious at all. I'm not like uh, Mr. Hipster at all. Uh, but I'm really into like uh, a classic Italian um, pop from like uh, the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. 60s, 70s and like, 80s. Like, uh, oh, what are the brands? You mean like the Italian sodas? No, like the... I'm talking about pop music, Danny. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, got it. Sorry. <laughs> Domenica Mon- Modungo and uh, Mina. You don't call it and, pop. You're from uh, Nashville. Paolo Conti. Specifically, Paolo Conti is like the Randy Newman, Tom Waits oh, kind of wow. guy of... Italy and he still performs he's like 90 and it, is like, it is it fun it's fun I well, think it's, it's pop music I think it's fun well it's pop but it's like Italian pop so it's like very jazz derived is it really yeah okay. and I'll play you some but uh that a lot of the Italian that I have learned I've learned from like songs yeah. because I just hear repeating phrases and songs like I that. want to learn Italian so bad rap you know bringing it all together yeah thinking of things that you do only to look cool Cooking, smoking cigs, learning, learning Italian. Italian. I have been made fun of because I have said I wanted to learn it, and people are just like, "Just learn Spanish, stupid." And I'm like, "Yeah, I should." I took like four years in high school, forgot, started Rosetta Stone when I was in quarantine. I was like, mm-hmm. I, need to, "I need to go back to it because when I was in Portugal and Spain, I was like, mm-hmm. this would have come in handy so much." Mm. Portuguese is weird, but it's still kind of close to, to Spanish. Is it a Italian is language? definitely. What does romance language mean? I don't even know. Uh, der- uh, Latin derived, Rome derived, Rome. Oh, probably. Because all of because all of the the um uh, sp- that's why Spanish and Italian sound identical. Yes, because the yeah. Oh, Portuguese romance languages. And is that is what you're Portuguese asking? Romantic. Uh, I don't. N- it's weird though. Okay. It's got some Spanish in it, but then there's some words where you're like, "What the fuck?" There's really weird. It's not just a dialect of Spanish. No. No. It's its own language. Portuguese is definitely its own language. Huh, I wonder if I believe so. Is it more like French? It feels like a combination of Does both. Does it sound like Basque? I know in Basque they speak like a Spanish French. I know I learned a hybrid. phrase and I said it when I was like buying olive oil and the guy was like that was pretty good. Oh. He was like very convinced. I was like I've been working on it all fucking day. What was it? I don't remember. I don't remember any of it now. I Wild. James, I have this is why Portugal this is why I mispronounce words. Happened James, in a haze for you. This is why I mispronounce words so much. I have, I think, a full learning disability. But when you some, may. when when somebody shows me how to do something, like cook or like I retain that information. But if I'm reading it, uh. dude, it's there's no sense in me even reading a book. I'll, I'll I'll look at a book that I read five years ago and I'm like I have no clue what that's about whoa the information just fucking leaves I have to that's, this is why like I reread things too because I'm like shit it's like leaving my brain so fast I have an acquaintance another writer a video game writer named Tim Rogers who remembers everything he's ev- he remembers every day of his life and remembers everything he's ever read the I first wish. time he reads it and he also speaks like 12 languages see can we just you know can we just accept the people that know that many languages are just gifted yeah. And it's if I could, I would. He describes it as more of a curse. He says it's kind of terrifying. Oh, that's it's great, kind of Dad. terrifying because that's like great. other people can't relate to it. And cool. Like, that, it, you know what? This makes me feel so much better. Your brain feels very full of like information, yeah. and, and you can picture negative things that happen to you in stunning clarity, rather than your brain oh. covering them up with a callous. You know what Damn. I mean? Like like a normal person's brain is able to take a negative memory and then like destroy it. Yeah. Those people who remember everything can remember 
all the bad stuff in vivid that's detail. a good point that's, so maybe it's not, good that it's i that i'm uh, like a goldfish it's good to be a goldfish i would say it's good because then yeah. you can come back to like say a novel and enjoy it again because you don't remember yeah. what the hell happened to there scout are some things i do Atticus. remember really well and then just things that i don't and i don't really know why are but you, i say i have a learning disability uh occasionally because i know how easy cooking came to me and how hard other things hmm. don't it's very specific you know, I, I like that you said too. I was like, I might have a learning disability. You can go, yeah, you might. <laughs> can I show you something? Speaking of books, I want to show you something, okay? Yeah. Danny, I want to show you this. We found this in the ground on our walk. We were walking. We walked past the uh, little library. You know how they had those little libraries that are like bird feeders for liberals? Yeah. And um, <laughs> I uh, found this, and it's a, uh, it's a pretty important book. Yeah. Real quick, can we just say that uh, bird feeders aren't a strictly conservative endeavor or oh no i mean like but you know the <laughs> person listen Danny, who no 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 i i didn't mean that i meant i meant the liberals feed oh, at the little got library oh, got it, got it, got it. like who w w picture oh, in your gosh. mind danny picture in your mind who is seeing a little library on a neighborhood walk and freaks the fuck out it's an old dale single, and he's dressed in all camo and he's got a giant spotlight in the back of his truck to true. spot deer. Uh, no, I, I rather don't think that it's true. I, I think understand. it's a wealthy, uh, lonely woman who lives alone and yes. eats a lot of Michelinas pastas yeah. with a Biden sticker yeah, on the back. It's, it's not, hey, honey, check it out. They got Master in the Art of French Cooking by Julia Child. Yeah, that's, We found uh, this on the ground in front of our little that's library. A, that's such a good find. This is a 1966 printing of Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And before you get to the, the recipes, Danny, if you look in the front... This is something that almost no, in my experience, no. Um, what if it said keep, keep on trucking, and then and then a Julia Child signature <laughs> with a little penis? She signed it. <laughs> she drew a little crude sketch. Um, at the beginning, Danny, I didn't know this about this book, and also I think it's odd that a lot of other cookbooks don't do this. She is, I assume, speaking to housewives in post-war America, and um, this was you know first first printed and released in the fifties, I think, and um, she goes through and explains. A lot of cooking terminology, like, oh, yeah. which is something that I need. It, it's why I gravitated toward Alton Brown when I first started learning about food. She talks about what dicing is. She's like, when I say chop, this is what I mean by chop. And it's yeah. like she, she very slowly explains oh, a lot of stuff. She gives yeah. you a kindergarten of cooking stuff. See, I've got before no, you ever get to the. I've recipes. got no interest in doing that. I'll, I need that. I, I no, of course. I, I know. never worked in fucking Lombardozies. I didn't Listen. have an old man. <laughs> terrifyingly yeah. sawing off the knuckle of a of a chicken's a chicken's leg and saying don't lie to me i had a girlfriend who who used to lie to me and she didn't uh have a very good christmas this year if you know what i mean can i tell she you got a lot of coal danny <laughs> can i tell you why i don't concern myself with those things it isn't because i don't think it's important i just think that if you're somebody who has stumbled upon me okay. personally yeah. personally you're already First of all, you're already reading cookbooks. You're 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 reading food. You're probably some sort of foodie, or you've watched a ton of videos. Mm. I'm I'm not like a beginner. Not that I'm like expertly, but I'm not like. It's not for the technique of cooking. It's for like, hey, let's talk about it. I'm assuming you know a lot, and that's where I, and that's where I like to be. Okay. For for those people, the idea that I would have to explain something in a book to, uh, your your average cook uh -huh. uh, feels like such an uphill battle i i need you in the room so i can show you you're more of a dark knight guy not so much batman begins yeah dude i'm bruce wayne my parents died and i uh so you don't need the origin of all this stuff you just want to get straight to how much butter do i put in this thing yeah in this salmon mignere. yeah you know what a dice is you know yeah. also i don't think those things actually matter i'm very much a like you know uh we'll call it rustic cooking james yeah i'm like that looks right you know, it makes my heart very warm, though, when people see a video or read something I wrote and then they tag me in the thing they cooked and it fucking works. Yeah, that I can't believe. And That's it's a great. Very, it's a very good feeling. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, that's great. All right, everybody, it's time for Fake Food, Real Food, the part of the show where we review a fake processed food and then also review real food from a restaurant or some shit. James, you and I, we both stopped at Jeff's table recently. And we didn't know that that was going to happen. I ran into you at Jeff's table before we started recording this podcast. I was on a very important business call with the president of television of Hollywood. And, it did uh, sound like a business call. It was a business call. Um, yeah. And uh, so Steven we, Spielberg was pissed. We both, we both had a sandwich. And uh, I, I, I'm kind of regretting that I ate a sandwich because I brought, I brought something a little heavy oh that I wanted us to eat. Uh, Builder's Protein Bar. Yuck. We don't have to eat the whole thing. Yeah, no. I'm going to taste it and move on. James, sculpt your body with vanilla almond or chocolate. You can pick. Oh. So I have two. By you, Cliff. You can have... Is it by Cliff? By Cliff. Yeah. It's... Uh, <clears throat> can we just talk about... And this is something I truly believe that uh, uh, it's never more evident how little society thinks of men than when you see the advertising for protein bars. Like, you know, truly, mm. truly, this is a chocolate bar, and it's builders. Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah. it's, you know, constructed to look like a steel. Like, you're sco- oh, it looks sculpt like, your um, body with chocolate. It definitely looks like a Bethlehem Steel Life magazine uh, yep. insert or the cover of a Michael Shaban bestseller. <laughs> You know, Michael Shaban, Yiddish Policeman's <laughs> Union, Cavalier and Clay. That's what this reminds me of. This looks like Mick Sweeney's published this. Yeah. The the go ahead and take a little take a bite. Rip rip a little rip a chocolate little chocolate or, or what's the other one? Van- vanilla almond. Oh, no, no, thank you. Again. So chocolate. Again, builders. And Cliff Bar. Now Cliff 20 Bar. Twenty grams of protein. I think it also. I think they also include caffeine in these things. Am I wrong? I don't think so. They they do in the Cliff Bar. One time I was having a panic attack, Danny. And, too uh, many Cliff Bars. No, not quite. I was having a panic attack because too much cold brew. I rushed into a 7-Eleven to put some protein or some junk in my system to kind of slow mm-hmm. down the adrenaline. I went for a Cliff Bar and proceeded to get more panicky because the Cliff Bar was loaded with unhealthy sugar and lots of caffeine. I did not know that. The Cliff Bar is assuming that you're already on the trail and you've got a ways to go. You have You right. have to walk off a cliff bar for about three or four miles like that's like that's the only way that it becomes not a candy bar because otherwise it is just a candy bar yes it's a gross candy bar unless you're walking cliff i can cliff i can i can be okay this is covered in chocolate danny how is this a protein bar because it's literally looks like a fucking twix right now i got bad news too i i eat these things i i don't know why if if, junk if i need i don't eat these listen this is this is a lot of protein james it's a lot of protein. Okay. This will, like, if I had this at, like, noon, just one of these things, I would be tied over for a long time. I'm on a diet, Danny. 34% of my daily sugar. That's a lot of sugar. But, 17 grams added sugars. Right. And that's all part of the... 40% protein. Listen, man, do you want to build your body or not? Then I'm you, done building my body. At this gotta, point, I need to start shrinking my body. You gotta, put it that way. You got to eat this stuff. What I like about it, though, is if you mm. eat, if you eat one of those things, James, you will literally not be hungry for a long time. Well, that's good to have. There's, you know, how you eat some things like that was like air. No, this is like a lead. Oh, this is. is like this is like eating like a small brick. If I put this up against uh, my cell phone, it wouldn't get any calls. <laughs> it would send texts really late. It would be like, "Hey, I'm right. here." Sent, you know, right, six hours right. Late. They use these as like some sort of like scrambling hack, mm-hmm. right? Fucking. <laughs> CIA now uses these as scramble signals. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. However, you are because it's candy. However, it has the it has the chocolate flavor that I don't like. That is present in a lot of processed chocolate milk. Chocolate. Okay. Um, which is what? What is that flavor like? What are you describing? Like if fudge, fudge was worse. Yeah. You know that. You know they 
saccharin butter focused thing that fudges that's yes. different from i don't know dark chocolate uh-huh it, it's a fake version of that that you get from like a government issued hostess cake like from a public school dessert yeah it, it's this it's fake little, fake fudge little, i don't like that little flavor. debbies specifically I, el fudge i hate the filling yeah. in an el fudge fudge is bad Fudge is bad. Fudge, fake fudge, worse. F- yeah, well, fresh I, fudge well, is already pretty tough. When I say fudge, I am mainly meaning the fake fudge. Yeah, uh, America doesn't really do chocolate well at kind all. of at all. We kind of even Hershey is like you know Hershey Kisses now even milk chocolate. Hershey America Kisses have do. some good flavors now, but like most milk chocolate. It's fucking bad. Like, if you want good chocolate, you got to get it from like Amsterdam or Germany yeah. or some shit. You know, all that stuff. Ritter's Ritter Sport, they, which we eat. Oh, I love Ritter uh, Sport. They're so fucking good. It's so good, and I think it's because they don't go nuts with um, high fructose corn syrup. And I think we, as a nation, are. It's ironic. I'm wondering when we're well, so first fat. Of all, we're so fat, and we're bad at chocolate. You think it, it would be yeah. good? You think it would be good? Well, you know the conspiracy about how they hid Coke. They they came up with new Coke and then they brought back Coca Cola Classic, right? And that was to change it from real sugar to high fructose corn syrup because it was more addictive. But, well, it was cheaper, and they came out with a Coke everyone hated, and they it, this was like a bet that they were like, oh, we'll take away old Coke, we'll change the recipe, give them a new Coke that they hate, then when we come out with Coca Cola Classic, it'll be just as popular, and they will have. In the collective subconscious, will have forgotten what the old Coke tasted like when it had real sugar. Because is that true? That is a theory. That that's yeah. why. Because remember, we grew up with Coca Cola Classic. Yeah. When we were children, it said Classic on the bottle. Yeah. And that was because they had done new Coke. And the, a lot of people think it was so that they could swap out the sugar, and so that no one would notice and taste the difference. Because yeah. it would have been a very negative thing for people to be like, Coke tastes different, and then like, you know, they'd all go to Pepsi or whatever. Uh, uh, they assume. Um, wow, that's twisted. Isn't that fucked up? Ad companies are twisted. When I see things like this, it's like, you know, the snack I brought uh, last week, Jolly Pong. Pictures of vegetables. It's a cereal snack. <coughs> it's all made of corn and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's pictures of vegetables. You know, builder, fucking get ripped. You know, like yeah. all, all the way yeah. we advertise, you know, non-GMO and like no MSG, like all these mm-hmm. things. I'm like, man, it's, it's nobody is being forthright. This is going to come back through into a later topic, but mm-hmm. it is all... It is 100% all of it to make money and to get us to buy the shit. And nobody, not one company, James, yeah. I don't think not one mainstream company has the consumer's uh, best interests at heart. No. Not one. We'll come back to it in a little bit because I, I, I want to review uh, some real food from a restaurant. I would also say that in general, one's own mother cooking the best meal you've ever had yeah. does not have your best interest in mind. Most of what we enjoy eating is not good for us. Yeah, but your mom at least tries to make you eat some fucking real vegetables. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll you know? try. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Also, maybe a good name for something. One's own mother. You One's go, oh, wow, mother. that's so bland, it might be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> One's own mother? No, that's a gastropub in Culver City. That's, One's oh, own mother. Jesus Christ, One's yes. own mother is 100%. Like a, we all know the font. I don't know what the yeah. font, We but we all know the font. We know the font. There's a lot of white space on the menu. It's called One's Own Mother. We're all going to go Come there. Come on, it's a Japanese-American uh, <laughs> fusion restaurant with great uh, cocktails. It's, and, a, it's uh, a funky corner spot. A disgusting burger that's amazing. You have to try it. It's a $28 burger for some Hey, reason. speaking of funky corner spots, we went to Piccadilly on Sunday. We got brunch. Um, and uh, you, you th- this is self-described as a funky corner spot. We, we kept saying it because it's such a funny turn of phrase I haven't heard before. We went down to a funky corner spot that's yes. serving up Southeast Fusion. Yes. In an in an American way, this is Piccolo. A hundred percent. That's we the had, ca- that's the cadence. When you see funky, I mean, they that's a self that's a self determined funky is moniker. A f- funky is a food word I like. Really, uh, I, I mean, it, well, it, funk, it, funk, it, yeah, yeah it, and funk was there was funk. Yes. There was fish sauce. There was a hundred percent mushrooms, which I think is maybe its own flavor. Funk it, outside, it's like you could say it's umami. It's after umami, but like shrimp paste, fish sauce, these things. That's, that doesn't, that's funk to me. That doesn't come into sour. That doesn't play into sour. You think fish sauce is sour? Funk 
is the interplay between sweet and sour. Okay, so to a, me, because uh, I think of funk. When I think of funk, I think of fermented. Cookbook, I think of vinegar. Yeah, hundred percent. I think of sour. There's a cookbook. Sweet. There's a cookbook called "I Am a Filipino," and this is how we cook. I talk about it a lot. Uh, but they outline the the flavors of Filipino cooking, and one of them is funk. And funk. I, it, it made me think, like, is there a Filipino word for what flavor. they translate? I'm into sure funk? there is. There there is a there is a Filipino word for the, word? the fish paste. Yeah. that they use. Uh, I don't know what it's called now. Damn it! But uh, this uh, is not an educational podcast. It's more it, about mm, just well, it could vibing. be if I remembered one thing that I read. Um, but uh, this restaurant, uh, we got we got brunch there. First of mm. all. I think you had your first Bloody Mary. And yeah, we, oddly. We talked about Bloody Marys for a while. Well, tomato juice kept me away from the Bloody Mary for so long. That was that was a holdover from I was a picky eater as a kid. And yeah. I would see people get tomato juice on planes, and I would be like, well, that's disgusting. And yes. no one should ever It's a dad that. drink a little bit. It's a little bit of a dad drink, you know. It's uh, Cliff Booth is drinking it in Once Upon a Time in is Hollywood uh, multiple times. Cool. Yeah, he's having a Musso and Frank uh Oh, easy. Bloody yeah, Mary. Yeah, he has eat, one on the plane back from Italy. Eating a piece of celery. Yeah. And uh, it's, well, to me, it's a 50s beverage. It's, it's, a, it's a mid-century beverage. It's like a, it's like a credenza with a, with a chevron pattern. Continental cooking. Continental is, cooking? Is something, I, I mean, I think it probably belongs in the, in the same group as like a martini. Yeah. You know, and a, a Bloody Mary. Do you happen to know anything about the origin of the Bloody Mary? No, I don't. Uh, tomato juice feels... Oddly, the things that we ascribe to American food, it, it feels feels like uh, a thing that came from an immigrant population then that, that was then yeah. westernized and Americanized. And when you say westernized, specifically, we are talking about the addition of sugar. Yes. It's, it's one of those things you drink and you go, wow, it's tomato juice. It must be good for you. And then you see how much sugar is in it. Yeah. You're like, how? Yeah. It tastes so bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, their Bloody Mary was a little... Uh, it was an interesting It was interesting. Mary. They did have pickled pearl onions, which I enjoy. Uh, a little pulpy. I don't know what that was. It could have been just uh, straight horseradish or ginger. Uh, but, you know, it's sort, sort of a pulp-like quality. Oh, he told us wasabi. To he told us that there was oh, a wasabi kick in the drink. It was a Japanese approach to a Bloody Mary. He, he mentioned that the liquor was uh, a Japanese... Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, ...liquor. And, yeah. So then they're kind of all over the place with... Uh, Japan, it was pretty Thai, Asian. uh, you know, yeah. and a lot of their influence. Vietnamese, but, uh, uh, you know, we were talking about enjoying a Bloody Mary, and I was like, you know, when you have it, it is sort of like its own meal. It is, it is vodka, it is cold vodka soup. Uh, <laughs> and then I started to imagine myself eating because, like, sometimes you get bread at a table. Yeah. Like, I think if you're having a Bloody Mary, you do want to avoid bread on the table. It's like a Bloody Mary and a grilled cheese is too close. Yeah, to tomato soup. But that's what I you said. I you don't was want those things. That's what I said. I was craving as we were eating. I was like, I yeah, need but you like don't want bread. that though. You don't want that. I yeah. feel like that's like because you wouldn't dip your sandwich in it. That now you have a, a vodka laden grilled cheese. I think you're trying to separate it, it kind of from tomato cool. soup as much as possible. Right. Okay. So if you get bread with it, it wouldn't make much sense. Did you get much uh, Worcestershire? They put Worcestershire in uh, in Bloody Marys, correct? Uh, probably in the Bloody Mary mix, yeah. yeah. I think Worcestershire and hot sauce. I thought I tasted and, something. You know, you I mean, I that's like, where you can sub out an Asian You know um, what I like? Drink, it, uh, they, condiment. It, it had a small little toothpick that had an olive and a pearl onion in it. And I'm like, man, just get the celery. If you got good garden, yeah. good garden celery, not from a fucking grocery store, just tastes so simple and pronounced. Mm. Just even fresh celery yeah. in a Bloody Mary would be, I would be like, blown away but I, I i i like pepperoncinis in there i like i like uh acidity i like a little bit of heat those are things i'm looking for i i want to i want to consume a charcuterie board um of, of, pi of pickled things yeah in my bloody mary we had uh you had a really good astute observation they serve something called spicy crispy rice salad it's fried rice <laughs> and then you said that but it, it's a good way to describe that to get people to order because if you're going to a restaurant especially like a brunch place like this yeah. you're not like I'm going to have the fried rice people your friends will be like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. but if you get the spicy crispy rice load. salad yeah 100% spicy crispy rice salad which is is a great way to, to trick a uh, young woman into ordering <laughs> fried rice at brunch which she would uh, never do 100% 100% uh, but her hands are tied she had to order the spicy crispy rice salad this is how Bon Appetit describes um uh, a recipe. Let's Spicy, garlicky. No, no, they use these words. Yeah. Spicy, garlicky, crispy, you know, whatever. They, they say all these descriptors with just a Y at the end. 
Um, so that's kind of that's kind of trendy, but it was fucking good. And you uh, pointed out, you're like, what is that, Lardone? And I was like, no, man, that's fucking King Oyster Mushrooms. It looks like which, pork belly Lardone. A hundred percent. And they taste... I mean, We're I feel delicious. like King, King Oyster Mushrooms keep popping up on this podcast, but they're so fucking good. They're dirt cheap because they grow them in the dark in a factory in fucking Korea somewhere. Mm. You can get them sometimes for a dollar. Food of the future. We're going to be Maybe. eating a whole lot more fucking mushrooms. Oh, dude, probably. Mushrooms and fucking crickets. As as society collapses. so sustainable. It's incredibly sustainable. <laughs> We're going to eat a lot of yeah. mushrooms and, cr- and crickets. Um, real quick about the crispy thing. You see this in fast food menus. This is why it came to mind. Yeah. Is uh, at some point they decided they couldn't say fried anymore at McDonald's at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now it's KFC. They don't say, it's like AMC. Uh, uh, oh they, yeah they just kept the letters but You're they don't right. say fried anymore yeah and uh uh you can get crispy crispy or grilled yes and it's just one of those it's like the word it's like climate change it's like when george w bush's administration <laughs> saw global warming and they were like how do we do anything how do we seem like we're doing anything oh well we'll change global warming to climate change oh yes. it's uh Another uh, uh, comparison that nobody needs, and I'm going off on too many digressions, uh, but in uh, the office, uh, Dwight wants to know how much money Andy is making. Is Andy a higher position than him? And then uh, Dwight asks him, how much money is Andy making? And Michael says, it's <laughs> it's not in terms of more or less. Your pay is just different. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's like how I feel about the W. Bush moniker yeah. climate change. It's like, it's not that the world's getting hotter or colder. It's just different outside. Yeah. But the climate yeah. change. Don't yeah. worry about it getting hotter. Yeah. Flash. It's not fried. It's just a crispy it's texture. It's crispy. It's a how crisp- we got there we doesn't matter. We gave it a matter. crispy texture. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have more oil it's than smart. the grill. This is, I mean, and listen, I do, I do like this place, but this does fit with the theme of like, People just lie to you to get mm. you to buy stuff. They and, do. And, that, and that's where this falls for sure. But here's the thing. I want fried rice at fucking 11 in the morning. And it, <laughs> it was very fucking good. It was very good. It was P- so por- good. Pork meatballs, uh, good good vinegar, probably nakcham uh, and spice. Nakcham and everything. Uh, nakcham and anything. I would say that the, f- the main flavors that I was getting from everything that we tried, I would say it was more in the Vietnamese direction. There was lots of sure. mint <laughs> and there was lots of yes. funky nakcham. Vietnamese and Thai, uh, nakcham you get, you know, which as far as I know, nakcham is made typically with like four things, which is uh, fish sauce, water, sugar, it's little carrot shreds maybe well you that's the part that's freestyle right you can put whatever you want yeah, chili garlic whatever but i mean it's fish sauce and sugar it's sweet so like when we had the crispy thai omelet which i gotta say omelet was not very crispy and definitely not root and pear but uh the omelet was good it, but it was drenched in nakshan it was more flavorful it was, in it was more flavorful than good to me i was more yeah. excited actually about the salad yeah, yeah. On yeah. top of it, then yes. I was about the omelet. I kind of wish that it wasn't drenched. I would have liked to had one hard egg dish at some yeah. point. Yeah, that sh- that chicken katsu though uh, was good. Oh, that was awesome. I love it. It's so good. They do it for dinner too, but just when you can big s- ass chicken chicken huge. katsu. It was gigantic. The t- the texture. It looks almost like frayed. In a way, it, it's it's like split they probably off pound so the different... fuck out of it. They, they probably do, take a they do. pretty good sized chicken breast and then the breading is like just it and something else because it's just like it's so crispy. And you know when you can take a knife, mm. almost like they do with the fried pork belly, you can just scrape it and hear the sound. You can yeah. do that to this katsu, and yeah. you just know it's fried perfectly. You needed a you needed a yeah. steak knife for it. It was it was a very substantial piece of chicken. Really delicious. This place has a lot of mint. A lot of fucking cilantro, uh, a lot of a lot of knock chum hanging out and everything. We got a wok crepe, uh, which was like a, a thicker style crepe with you know uh, I think strawberries and you know homemade whipped cream. Impossible to fuck up. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. And, Even uh, color all over it. I when I yeah. get like French crepes, they have that sort of like a, a pulmonary system <laughs> looking like yeah. a toast on it or whatever the yeah. browning. And this was yes. not yellow. This was more pan almost yeah. pancake. Where it was, it was that brown all you know, over, I, and every bite had that big, like toasted, pancake yeah. flavor to it. I like I really yellow in it. my crepes. I'm, I'm, I'm editing. Like I'm editing a video right now of making mushroom crepes, and uh, I, I, I use it the same way I do manicotti too. It's like a crepe recipe, but I, I like it a little soft and and, and mm. yellow. Um, but this one, this a, one gave me more um, like a thin yeah. uh, pigs in a blanket vibes. Which, James, which when you, you go back, let's say, let's say, let's uh, say, I mean, it's Culver City. 
But Culver City's a little hard for me to get to. When do you want to go to a funky corner spot? Okay, so I, I think I'd have to be in the area, but I, I, I've I been there for dinner before, and I can't remember what they did, but the one thing that I will crave again uh. is a fucking, that katsu. And I may make a special trip in a few months. Let's say in the, let's say late winter, I, or early winter, whenever it gets a little cooler again, mm. I think I'm gonna crave a, a a nice fucking fried katsu. So like I and, and, and it's a kind of a family style restaurant. Their portions are pretty big, mm. um, and even though it's like kind of a trendier looking place, it reads as like a very sort of homey, you know, yeah, restaurant to me. So I'll probably uh, I'll probably go back in the winter sometime. I'm gonna go back twice a year. My big impression that I got from eating everything that I did, every everything was really indulgent. Mm-hmm. And decadent, mm-hmm. but it also every dish came with a green salad of some kind and like an herby salad. Yes. there was always something to break the junk. Good point. And I say junk glowingly. I enjoyed yeah. all the junk I had, um, but it was junk nonetheless. And that's what made me think. Oh, I wish I wish I had drank too much last night. It, it was yeah. one of the only times I've ever had the thought. <laughs> I wish I got fucked up last night to be eating this. Yeah. it was the kind of brunch that is was great on its own just because there were great flavors and and, yeah. and respite from the funky flavors with salads. But uh, it's going to be way more fun when I eat there after a night of heavy drinking. It's a godsend in that way. Because um, everything had a fried egg. Everything had a... Cri- like There was like a crispy... There, it was filling. It was a very filling very brunch. Very filling. Sometimes I get too loaded with empty carbs at brunch, yep. and I, I, I get full before I got uh, satisfied. Yes. And uh, this was very satisfying. Very so satisfying. I think it would like murder my hangover. And so yeah. I'm going to wait until I'm going to, Danny, I'm going to go back the next time I am hung the hell over. Yeah. I'm going to wait till I'm a dad and I have a drinking problem again because everything's very stressful. And I'm going to go back to Pick a Lily. Pick a Lily. For all you drunk dads out there, go to Pick a Lily. Pick a Lily. James, special topic of the day. Real quick, we got some we got some fucking subway news, bro. Oh, yeah. uh, some stuff Yuck. that some stuff that I hadn't been too aware of. They started a new campaign. Did you know about this? It's called the Eat Fresh Refresh. I love it. Can when you com- say that in a Jay Leno voice? It's called the. <laughs> yeah, no uh, campaign. What about those? I can give you my uh, Jay Leno joke. This is a joke I would do on stage, but I would do a bit about Subway. Okay. And then I would say uh, the slogan should be Subway Eat. <laughs> Just stop it. Right I, uh, there. I have just a subway joke. Right. I used right to do there. a subway joke. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, employees at Subway are called sandwich artists. I think that's why I say I like the chicken bacon ranch, but secretly don't get it. <laughs> no one ever laughs at that. Come on. Come well, on. That's, that's not true. You haven't said that in a while. I haven't said it in a while. That's pretty good. Uh, oh, you mean that now that people like me, they'll laugh at that? No, I mean, I don't know. Ha- it doesn't stand on its own. I don't, I don't know. I used to do a bunch of Jim Gaffigan like food one liners. Yeah, I, I, I've been drinking a lot of Perrier because I like Sprite, but I wish it tasted terrible. <laughs> I've got all my food stuff. I feel like I got out of my system on my last album. And now that I, my last album, my only album, but and now that I'm like writing about food and stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't think that's going to bleed into my stand-up anymore. I think I'm done with it. Hmm. And the things I want to, like now stand-up is a thing where like, okay, that's to get away from like, food stuff now okay. they used to be melded but i have a i have a subway joke i have a joke about golden corral i have a joke about chopped you, you know, should talk ma- master you chef embrace your persona no I, just let I, it develop. i am but i'm saying it's more fun now to do jokes that have nothing to do with food because yeah, now i'm trying sure, to prove sure. i'm like i'm funny about things that aren't food sure and then you have um, a place to put all of your a hundred percent i have a place to put it and that's the macaroni zone bitch the Eat. podcast that feels like <laughs> listening to a danny palumbo album while you drink a japanese uh bloody mary it's pretty good it's good it's a good tempo that's what i sound like uh subway new campaign <laughs> eat fresh refresh if you haven't seen the commercial tom brady steph curry serena serena Megan williams Rapineau. and <laughs> george bush Clinton, both of them, both Clintons. And uh, get this, in the commercial, Nancy Silverton. Nancy Silverton? Is in this commercial for Subway. Why? And I think- Nancy, why? Well, you know what? Bernie Madoff Madoff, uh, ran off with like $16 million of Nancy Silverton's money. So uh, maybe maybe she's got some bills to pay. 
Is that true? She was one of the high-profile um, uh, people whom Bernie Madoff stole money from in his Ponzi scheme. So she uh, she's in this ad, and I don't know what she says, but she's part of this like panel to improve Subway's food. And I was reading this article on Los Angeles Magazine, and she says a couple things. I just want to talk about them real quick. Uh, Silverton added that she was interested in the project because it was a large company putting sincere effort into improving their quality. Quote, I think we need to support large companies who are doing the right thing. James, what do you think about that? I, My rebuttal to that is, or we could let them die naturally, like the dinosaurs. Uh, I don't think there's any they need to not. be saving Subway. Danny, I want you to think about something. Subway will not die. I understand this. I've said this. It won't die. They won't die. They're cockroaches. It is more, um, I think it has more locations than McDonald's. They are more on the ropes than they ever have been, though. You think so? Yes, well, their their product is fucking disgusting, and I'll go on the record and say officially, <laughs> Subway, I need to say this in an Anthony Fauci voice, and I want to say this officially. <laughs> I don't know how to do Anthony Fauci. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Um, That's good. He said that to Rand Paul, and he's like, I want this on the on the record. Rand Paul, you don't know what the yeah. fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Subway doesn't know what the hell they're doing. However, Danny, one night, Beck and I were flipping through Disney Plus. We found a Jane Goodall documentary. Jane Goodall, you know her, right? Yeah. The white lady who hung out with all the gorillas. Uh-huh. And uh, she's a compassionate teacher. She yeah. flies all the time uh, to different organizations, and her main focus is not really uh, primarily preserving primate populations anymore. She is a climate change uh, and climate action specifically advocate. She goes and speaks to big groups and it like Greta Thunberg, like, uh, okay, like David what? Attenborough. All right. She preaches that we need to do something about saving the fucking earth. So what are you, she does that every day. And she came under fire in the eighties, which is when we first began talking about environmentalism in earnest it, more than just Ed Begley jr. But like regular people started talking about environmentalism mm-hmm. Because she worked with Chevron. Chevron wanted to drill in uh, a preserve in Africa, uh, wanted to drill for oil. And she developed a relationship. She's a big whiskey drinker. She developed a relationship with the primary Chevron executive whose task it was to get business in Africa, start drilling. And she was like, hold on, you're going to fuck up this environment, like, majorly. You're going to displace all of these animals. And he was like, well, you know, she was famous. And he said, well, tell me about this. And she was like, okay. So she started a relationship. Okay. Friendly relationship with a Chevron executive. Okay. They would drink. They would hang out in Africa. She would tell him about what companies like Chevron are doing to the fucking earth. She said... If you're going to drill, which I know you're going to drill because you're an oil company and I'll never be able to stop oil drilling. I need you to commit millions and millions and millions of dollars to preserving this this environment. If you're going to drill here, you need to do a bunch of extra shit to save what your company is about to rape the land. She was and her philosophy was, yes, yeah, shouldn't point. you need All right. if you can't stop a monster, can't you at least uh, it's like why we have needle pro- why needle programs in like in in uh, the Netherlands and and Quebec and all these places, they give you a safe place to do heroin because they know that you're fucked up on drugs and you're gonna do heroin. So why don't yeah. we have harm reduction? And Jane Goodall was was an environmental harm reduction person, and she and came she under got there. She came under a lot of fire from the environmental people right. okay. for. Even talking okay. to Chevron. Okay. Okay. We spot. Proud Boys went to We Spot to protest okay. trans rights. Mm-hmm. Counter protesters show up. The counter protesters are who get shot by the cops. Right. If no counter protesters showed up, I'm just trying I'm taking this into effect. The the Proud Boys get bored if because you, no one's coming to counter protest. If you're gonna open a subway in a local community, spend some money to also rebuild that community that you've destroyed with the subway. <laughs> Because subways are environmentally horrible for the area. Yeah, they are. Uh, there's a lot of sludge. Everyone's <laughs> dumping leftover barrels of ranch or into the in, into the ground. If you have already 
created an infection that has taken over America, and that is yeah. the distribution of terrible yoga mat sandwiches yeah. in every single community, multiple locations. Isn't it better for someone like Nancy Silverton to Jane Goodall, that company, a little bit and reduce the harm that it causes, even if it just got incrementally yeah. better to eat at Subway? The, the skeptic wouldn't that in improve me, the health of the general area? The skeptic in me says it's good to get paid for it also, which I'm sure she's doing. Um, oh, she needs that money, man. Bernie Madoff. I understand. She just died, man. She's not I, getting I, that money. I, but I'm also like, we could just let Subway die. But if they are committed to actually, you know, because let's be honest. Again, the reason Subway's doing this is uh-huh. probably because their sales are fucking down. There, another article came out this week yeah. that said they tried to give away a million sandwiches uh-huh. and like the, the new refresh program, and it was a fucking disaster. Like, sure. nobody took them up on it. Like, their image is so tarnished. That like, By the pedophile who used to shill for them every day, buddy. That's like on. That's like on. That's the, like fifth that's on down the, the that's list. That's like fifth on the list of bad things Subway no has D- done. No tuna DNA in the tuna. Right. Yoga mat filling yeah. in the bread. Give an entire generation of cancer. Uh, you know things like this. Uh, so I, I, I guess Subway's the worst. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent. But they're gonna exist. I do understand. What if we marginally improve? Something part of me feel, you can't kill Part it. of me feels like they were actually for the first time maybe. On the ropes, really bad. Actually, understand it. Like, 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 actually, like, they expanded too could much. Could fucking, fast. could fucking tank. No, I'm saying recently they've had so much bad press, and it's all, it's all compounded that they might have actually, if not for this campaign, and we'll see if it even works. I'm like, man, they, they could be on their way out. They could like fucking fold as a company. Um, Fingers fucking crossed, man. Here's, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If there was one of these big companies, McDonald's, Burger King. Subway, whatever, that actually did have an interest in serving a quality, cheap uh, product. I mean, that still has, you know, we'd say like- That why, wasn't intent on murdering you. Why does fast food exist? Well, it's, you know, it's a it's a way to eat cheaply for people who are fucking poor. Like, poor I, I, understand, don't know how to I understand that. Not everybody can go to the grocery store and fucking, you Cooking know- It's a waste of time. It's a giant waste of time if you have, especially if you have a family and kids, yeah. you know, like what's more- you know, uh, what's more, what's more of servitude than like, you know, having a, being a mother or father and like cooking for your kids. Like that's, that's the last thing you want to fucking do or have time for. It's, and it's, it's so time consuming, not only to prepare a meal for your kids, but to give them, to, to build them each individually, a Sonic, the Hedgehog, the movie (laughs) two toy. I mean, that's probably the most time consuming part of feeding young children. This is, this is getting very, McDonald's really getting very specific now. This is what you're going to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand. So, I mean, like, there's a skeptic in me that's like, she's getting paid for it, da 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 but I think that also maybe you convinced me that, you know, maybe it can end up being a good thing. They asked her, they asked Silverton, what's your favorite sandwich in Subway? And she said, I'm looking forward to the new Subway. It's not just one particular sandwich I'm looking forward to, but the whole new vision. So I don't know technically what it entails. She's a business owner. That was a smart way to answer that question, because all their sandwiches are fucking dog shit. She's been under fire before, I'm sure, for things. So, um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I hope it's better. I don't think any of us are going to be eating there. People I know, but uh, you know, if they if if they companies don't do this until they get called out. Yeah. You know, McDonald's, Burger King, they didn't get rid of gestation crates for fucking pigs until Ugh. they came under fire. Nobody does the right thing on their own because yeah. they're too busy raking in that fucking money. And yeah. so because people do that, I, I yeah. ju- I'm just like fuck you then. Go away. You're done. Like you didn't. Even if they do something good, I'm like you only did it because you weren't making any money. You're and, not a good person. And I believe that those that impulse doesn't actually die because capital is still what drives the world economy, and that then it then they just take it underground. They take yeah. the bad thing underground, then you don't get to see it anymore. Yeah. And uh, like like the Biden approach to uh, immigration, where it's like it's the same thing Trump was doing. It's just now we don't hear about it anymore. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. How about uh, Sub- Subway has a new Eat Fresh Refresh campaign? Boy, I've heard a, about polishing a turd, but this is li- li- something about literally polishing a turd. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'm, what's, what's the late night Eat Fresh Refresh joke? Refresh what? A pile of shit? But not that. I hit refresh on my Subway sandwich. It said 404 <laughs> nutrition not found. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. That was right at the top of your head, too. <laughs> if you really wanted to, you could probably write for late night, but good i suck at packets man my wife would love it if i had a nine to five 
<sighs> and I didn't do stand up. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be happy. I would not be happy. You wouldn't at be all. happy. All right, um, James. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Anything you want to plug? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a comedy game show podcast called What Things Are What Things that is now entering a brief hiatus as I take a break from uh, trying hard and uh, enjoy a month alone. Um, but uh, you can listen to the final couple episodes of What Things Are What Things at any point. Uh, and you can also follow me at Shrimp Jadge, at Shrimp, J-A-J, that's Shrimp, James Austin Johnson, on Twitter and Instagram. And hey, if you like what you hear on this podcast and you want to give me a little tip... <laughs> On Venmo, that's at comedy of J-A-J. I like that. Uh, my name is Danny Palumbo. Follow me on Instagram at Palumbros, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S. Not really. I got some gigs coming up in Los Angeles. I don't think I'll be doing anything like on the road until like maybe November or something. So, But uh, and if you're listening to this, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Someone today reached out and said, you need to watch the movie Pig. Is it Pig? Pig, the new Nick Cage. Yeah, somebody was like, it's a great food movie. You're going to love it. Somebody needs to give me back my pig. <laughs> that sounded more like Joe Biden than That Nick was Cage. Biden. Uh, all right, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Macaroni Zone, and goodbye. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone.